Hello and welcome back to the Knowledge Group Podcast, where we take a forward look at what speakers are covering at our events, turning our attention this time to our upcoming live webcast on trade secrets, law and non-compete agreements, trends and updates for companies to avoid litigation pitfalls. We're going live with this event Tuesday, October the 8th, running between 12pm and 2pm Eastern Standard Time. We're going to hear from a panel composed of Matthew Simmons, a managing attorney at Simmons Litigation Law. Chip Collins will be our second speaker, a partner at Burr and Foreman. Warren Browning will be our third speaker, a partner at Caker, Van Nest and Peters LLP. And finally, we'll hear from James Gale, a co-chair at Intellectual Property Litigation at Cozen O'Connor. More information about our panel and the full agenda will be found in the description box down below, along with the code PODCAST25. When used at checkout, that'll get you 25% off that first webcast registration. Let's hear from our speakers now. Okay, I'm uh, Chip Collins, one of the speakers in this uh, program. Um, My law firm is Burr & Foreman. We're a uh, leading firm in the southeast with um, uh, lawyers in Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, the Carolinas, Tennessee, and Florida. Um, uh, I work out of our Atlanta office. And my focus uh, for my practice is uh, non-compete and trade secret litigation. Um, the, uh, I'm covering basically three uh, parts of the, the program we've put together. And the first is um, the, the question of once a company has determined that there's been a violation of a non-compete agreement or, or trade secret laws, um, it may have no choice but to file a lawsuit uh, to enforce its rights. And often the first question uh, facing a litigant is whether to seek emergency injunctive relief in the form of a temporary restraining order or preliminary injunction. So I'll be discussing in the program some of the factors to consider in deciding uh, whether to file such an early motion. And because often these cases uh, we find are won and lost at the TRO or preliminary injunction stage. So it's important to uh, have all your ducks in a row before you pull the trigger on such a, uh, a motion. Um, and in line with that, I'll be covering the practical, procedural, and evidentiary issues that must be considered once a decision is made to seek an early motion. And, and those are things like what needs to be in, in the complaint, what should be in the motion, uh, do you file declarations, um, are, you, are you going to have live testimony? And then, um, importantly, if you win, what needs to be in the order? Um, the second area I'm covering um, are, are damages. And obviously, if, if a, a non-compete or trade secret case keeps going beyond the preliminary injunction stage or TRO stage, uh, a plaintiff will have to analyze um, its various theories of, of damages. Um, and that includes compensatory damages, lost profits, um, the, the possibility of unjust enrichment damages, punitive damages, liquidated damages, attorney's fees. And, and often um, all of these issues that I'm covering vary from uh, state to state. Um, while we do have a new federal uh, trade secret uh, law, non-competes um, are, are still governed by state law, and that varies from state to state. And finally, it's a good segue into my last topic, which is the trends in state legislation relating to non-competes. Uh, I actually practice in Georgia, which is one of the few states um, in recent years to actually lessen the requirements for enforcing non-competes. 
Um, but the trend uh, overall nationwide is that states are, by statutes and legislation, reining in the, uh, the use of non-competes. And I'll be covering what uh, some of those states have done, such as Massachusetts, Washington State, Rhode Island, Maine, Maryland, and New Hampshire. And we'll be talking about uh, in some detail about what those states have done and possibly um, what other states may have legislation uh, percolating. So that covers the, uh, the three areas that I'll be addressing in the program. Hi, this is Warren Braunig. I am a partner at Kecker, Van Nest, and Peters. Uh, we are a San Francisco litigation uh, boutique, although boutique, I don't know if that still stretches to a firm of almost 100 lawyers, but uh, we still think of ourselves as a boutique. And uh, we specialize as a firm in intellectual property, white-collar criminal defense, and complex commercial litigation. My practice is centered on intellectual property and the um, nexus between intellectual property and employment issues. So um, a discussion about non-competes and trade secrets and how to think about um, the interaction and interplay between them is, uh, is right in the wheelhouse of, of what I do. So I'm very uh, honored and happy to be a part of this webcast and, and look forward to speaking with all of you. The, the topical areas that uh, I have been um, asked to speak on um, include, first, really thinking about the, the um, full breadth of what a non-compete is and the different ways in which um, contractually and through the law you can restrict what a former employee can do. We obviously think about the traditional uh, non-compete agreement that says you can't go work for a competitor, but there are all manner of other um, agreements that play into those as well. Um, Non-solicit agreements, uh, agreements that prohibit soliciting customers or uh, that, uh, that prohibit soliciting other employees of your former employer, invention assignment agreements, confidentiality restrictions that can be confidential. So thinking about how all of those different contractual obligations can um, fit together and affect whether or not someone can be prohibited from effectively competing against a former employer. The next topic on which I'll, and it's sort of a related topic on which I'll, I'll be um, discussing is the inevitable disclosure doctrine, which is really a, a trade secret, a, a non-compete that is grounded in trade secret law on the notion that some people have so much, uh, so much knowledge of, uh, of an employer's trade secrets that they can effectively, under trade secret law, be prohibited from going to a, a new employer because they will inevitably disclose those trade secrets. Now, this is a doctrine that, as we'll discuss uh, in, the, in the webcast, is um, disfavored in certain jurisdictions, um, allowed in certain jurisdictions, and um, the federal trade secret law, a little bit ambiguous. So we'll be talking about sort of what the status is of the inevitable disclosure doctrine and how that plays in. The uh, final topic on which I'll be talking is um, really all about when you have a situation, either as a plaintiff or a defendant, where um, you're, you or someone who works for you is accused of violating a non-compete, 
um, or you know someone who has violated a non-compete, what are the steps that you take at the very outset? Because as Chip referred to, these, these decisions, these cases tend to move very quickly. Um, it's unusual litigation in that a lot of the strategic decisions have to be made in the first 30 days, if not sooner. And so there's a lot that you can do to ready yourself um, through both um, procedures that um, you might have in place as a company um, or uh, things that you can do to very quickly ready yourself for that kind of litigation so that you can make those decisions quickly and wisely and in a way that will put you in the best position for litigation. So that's, that's a, uh, roughly what I will be covering and uh, look for, looking forward to uh, being a part of this esteemed panel. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Don't forget more information about our panel, the full agenda, and how to sign up and listen to the event on October 8th will be found in the description box down below, along with the code PODCAST25, getting you 25% off that very first webcast registration. We look forward to seeing you at this event, and until then, take care. Bye for now.